Welcome back to another episode of Excuse My Grandma. It's Kim and my co-host. Grandma Gail. Okay, so we are going to hop right into the interview this week. We have four sisters on, and they started this account uh, on Instagram that shows you some great restaurants in New York City. They have videos of the restaurants. They include a little bit of their review in there. And it's just a really fun account to follow if you want some New York City food recommendations and Connecticut as well. They do because they're from there. We also get into dating a little bit with them as well. Um, They're all in different stages in their lives. They're all different ages. One's engaged. One has a boyfriend. One has a girlfriend. Um, But they are all lovely girls. And uh, we're excited for you guys to listen. Guys, we are joined by the ladies of Sisters Snacking, the Shapiro sisters, and they're all going to introduce themselves because there's four of them here with us. Their mom was really busy. (laughs) She was. All right, oldest goes first. I'm Sarah. I'm the oldest. I'm 30 and I am single. I'm Madison. I am 27 um, and I'm newly engaged. Congratulations. I'm Carly. I will be 26 in three days, and I am in a long-term relationship. I'm Julia. I'm the youngest. I'm 18, and I have a boyfriend that I met in college. Okay, very nice. And you're all from Connecticut, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And is everyone living in New York City now, or? I live in Connecticut still. Right, right. Yeah, at home with parents. I should have thought about that (laughs) yeah um, we're there's some movement but yeah the three of us are in new york city now um to brooklyn i'm in the west village okay amazing so i love following you guys on instagram it's total food porn oh i've showed grandma gales a, a few of the videos whose idea was it to start the account of the four of you um it was probably like a i was pushing for it i think because i was i mean we all are such foodies but I was always taking so many photos of food and it was just like living on my phone. I was like, what should we do with this? And so we started our Instagram back in 2015. And so I was in college um, and I was like, guys, like all these people are starting these food Instagrams. Like we can have this really cute name. I think we all kind of like, it came so naturally when we were talking about it. Um, So yeah, we just started posting, (laughs) posting the photos. And I feel like there are so many Instagram accounts out there that have to do with food, but you guys are one that kind of like you're doing really well. You have a big following. What I'll give this one to Carly. What do you think like differentiates you from the rest of the accounts out there? I think it's first off, we're in a really unique position for sisters. Like we all have, you know, different voices and different eyes, which is really fun to come together in like a content style, but also we I think we've just eaten a lot that we know what we like and what we don't like. So we've kind of naturally gained a really um, sophisticated palate and not like sophisticated and like we only eat caviar, but sophisticated, like we know what tastes good and we know what's good quality and what's not. Um, And I think also just like more nitty gritty is like consistency with our posting. We make sure we're posting X amount of times a day, every day. And, um, I think that sets us apart for the most part. Now, do you try, when you go to these restaurants, I'm gathering you all go to the, do you go to the restaurants together, the four of you, or one goes to one and then you'll do an, and somebody else will go to a different one. Mix and match. Depends on the day. 
Okay. So do you try out these recipes at home ever? I mean, is that ever part of the plan or is it strictly tasting, tasting it and taking photos at the specific restaurant? So we definitely do some recipes with like being all, we were actually all home during the pandemic in uh-huh. Connecticut. So we started making recipes and filming them and posting those on reels. And then we started TikTok. So the recipe started getting some traction. We even like remade some recipes from like popular cookbooks. Um, so we love to make recipes too and love to cook. But we, I, we, I would say we definitely spend more time eating at restaurants opposed to cooking at home. I love to cook, but I live alone and I don't find myself cooking very often because it's easier to have like carrots and hummus and a yogurt for dinner than to make myself a whole spiel. Because I feel like you always say to me, grandma, you're like, what if like, why not cook for two? If you're cooking for one, you might as well like invite someone over and make it a date. Or make it just an evening because we yes. discussed this the other day on a podcast that, uh, you know, you've taken the time, you set the table, you've sit in, sat in the kitchen for an hour, have a friend or have a have a date or have somebody come over and share it with you and who likes to, uh, you know, have a, a nice meal as well. So it is it cooking brings people together. I, I'm sure you girls all know eating brings people together. Mm-hmm. Eating, yeah. And I bet Julia will do that in her dorm when she makes ramen. She'll say, oh, I I just have my boyfriend come over. I was just going to say that, like, as a current college student, I'm always cooking ramen, like, every single night. So I'm trying, like, since I'm home in the summer, I've been looking up on TikTok and on their account, on our account, like, what to cook, what to, like, eat for dinner. So it's Mm -hmm. nice being, like, at home. Yeah. Well, if you guys started the account in 2015, Julia, you were like quite young. Were you, did you care? Were you into it? Or I like- definitely cared, yeah. but I didn't know anything. I was a baby and I definitely am looking up to my sister, seeing them like come up with this idea and watching us get so successful over time. It's mm. great. It's great. When did you first start to see most of your um, following like grow? In co- like that was during COVID when we were at home making recipes, we started seeing a lot of growth on reels. So Instagram reels, if anybody is trying to like start an account, Instagram reels will grow you fast. Um, that's just a tip. But yeah, recipe reels were really like taking off. And then we started doing TikTok. Um, so when we, Sarah and I used to live together, so we would get takeout and we would do like sushi takeout reviews and we would try different things and then those started getting traction yeah one time we got hillstone and i got like a 30 dollar martini delivered from hillstone i think we only posted it on our story but i remember someone who being like you can get a martini delivered from hillstone right now i was like yeah I think anything delivered in New York. So that yeah, that's true. Outside of New York City don't understand this, but we literally no. can get Except Hillstone doesn't deliver. No, no, they but they, they did don't. during COVID. No, no, we picked it up, Sarah. They no. don't deliver and it's like a deliver. We, we just I, don't, I got a martini delivered, but I forgot from where. It was from American Bar. Oh, American Bar. Yeah. But I cared more about the the martini than where it was coming from, apparently. Right, right, exactly. How do you guys decide what restaurant to go to and actually feature on your account? And do you ever go to a spot like thinking you're going to, and then you're like, ah, it wasn't such a great experience. I'm not going to share it. Like Madison said, you know, we started our account in 2015. We didn't join TikTok until uh, 2020 during the like height of COVID. So there's a lot of restaurants that we haven't posted about on our TikTok, but we've frequented a ton and actually already know, like we're either a fan of this or we're not. So I think we usually have a good idea for 
from looking at a restaurant's menu or what other people posted, whether it's going to be aligned with something that we will enjoy. Um, I think it's especially now that we've had this um, iconic first overrated series really take off. Um, you'll have to stay tuned, but I, I hit a couple spots yesterday that we had been to before that we kind of had a feeling what the gist was going to be. I think you can tell whether we like something or not when well, we post about it. Yeah. I think to piggyback off of that, like we've really, like a lot of people in this space just post photos of food and they don't really share their opinions. But what we have been doing is we try and be really authentic and actually share what we think, um, which can get haters, but honestly, the comments help the views. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we really try and like, if we go to an event, let's say it's something that's, you know, a, a dinner for a bunch of other people in the space. If we feel like it wasn't something that was like a fit for our content and our palette, we don't really share that. We're not going to say this is the best restaurant. This is where you should go. Um, we really want to make sure we're sharing the right things that we would actually want to go to and that we actually enjoyed. You're, we're also trying to modern day zag. As that's zag what I was just going to say. Yeah. Really are. I mean, you know, for this generation, you have to know. On our podcast, we have all kinds of people listening, so it's not only millennials. There are older people listening as well. And you know, for us, we used to look at a book, and before we went to a restaurant, yeah. and see if there were two hats or three hats, and then we would decide on our own. And there was commentary in the books. And you're doing that very much on the on your podcast or on your uh, not podcast on the Instagram, TikTok, TikTok. Uh, you're doing the same service uh, for a younger generation or for whoever's watching and I think it's great well that exactly and like Carly do you think that Instagram accounts like are going to forever replace either a Zagat's yeah. or like food critics in general like well they what, become the modern day food critics so then what's going to happen to people who are like old fashioned food critics. They're gonna go out by the wayside like everybody else disappears. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's gonna replace them all together. I definitely think younger generations look, you know, content is so everywhere. So you just go on your phone and it's like, there's so much content con- to consume these days. But like we, I don't know if you saw like our Peter Luger um, iconic or overrated, but we like quoted Pete Wells and like we care about a lot of these critics opinions still. And I think that's still important because there's so many people that have been doing this way longer than us and have their opinions based on years of, of tasting different food in New York city. So I think like we still look to people like Pete Wells and other, you know, Zaga and whatever, even infatuation, which is younger, but like, we still look to places like that to, help with our opinion but also it's fun because our content gives you pictures and like videos so you get to like there's oh i want that exact dish Mm -hmm. and the experience of the food critic i feel like in a restaurant like everyone who works there knows that they're coming and they're like oh we're gonna do like when you guys go places do they know you're coming even when you're there do they comp your meals do they even know that you're you're, do they recognize or know you're gonna do a review yeah i mean i would say like like sometimes we do get recognized but it's usually like we there's usually two avenues where a restaurant reach out prior and they're like hey we'd love for you to try us i would say those kind of restaurants that we feature it's probably about like 30 percent, 20 to 30 um everything else we're paying for because we really want to try and be like authentic like we don't want to go to a place that's free and then not be able to share what we actually think about it right um which is that balance in this space that you need to be like working through all the time. 
Um, just because it's being offered for free does not mean it's going to be good. So we have to pick or it. Post it. <laughs> yeah. right. we, we always make that clear if we're going somewhere that's free. Listen, we can't, you know, guarantee anything. Um, and if we have a good experience and we want to share that, we share it from there. Mm-hmm. So in your like iconic overrated series, do you actually say this restaurant was overrated and like don't go? I don't think don't go. We also try to explain why it's an iconic part of New York City, why it's a staple. Um, but we are purely speaking about, you know, the food or what you're getting for the price. Um, so sometimes as a millennial. Yeah. I mean, you get my what husband involved. Yeah. If you say Peter Lugas is, is overrated, he'd say, I don't care. I still love it. I want my right. bacon. I want my, my grease falling off the steak. And, and that's his, you know, what he remembers. As a, exactly. So right. I, I think that it can be listened to and taken with a grain of salt. And, and it's educational to a person who's never been to a restaurant mm-hmm. before to have you guys looking at it from your generation and what you like. And, and um, I think it's important. It's important for me. I'd like to go to some of these places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for us, like we also like take people's opinions. Like we would never go back and say, you're wrong. Like this is our opinion. Everyone's entitled to their own. And so if you look in some of the comments, you see people arguing back and forth and we're never going to say you're incorrect. Like this is how we felt. We're just sharing what our opinion is and our experience. Right. Exactly. Um, And I feel like now I'm always looking for new restaurants to go to, especially in New York City. And like all I do is like put resi notifications on all day long and try to get in places. Do you have any other hacks or tips in for like getting a reservation um, at any of like the places that are hard to get into? My biggest tip is go in, like go if you're in the area stop in and be like, Hey, like, I would love to get a res. That's how I got into Don Angie. Like two weeks ago, literally on Sunday, we're all going to Fort Charles for brunch for my birthday. And I just walked in and I was like, Hey, can I come in? And they were like, sure. We have a table for six. I was like, great. Um, and no resi notifications. I'm always one for emailing like directly. Resi, you gotta be quick. You have to have notifications on and you, it's a skill. So you have to learn. It's so stressful. I'm getting an airline ticket at a low price. I'm so nervous. Now I'm nervous for dinner reservations. I can't take this. What do you think? Because for me, food is unimportant. The actual food. I love the ambiance. Now, do you, you know, for me, if I'm on a beautiful pier looking out at the water on the harbor in New York, I'm not that crazy about the food, but I can allow it because I've loved the atmosphere. Does that ever play into your comments as well? So that's a really good point. And I feel like it's come up a lot with these iconic series because we're sitting here going to these really old restaurants. So if you've been to Keen's, it's covered in all the pipes and the ceilings. It's just this vibe. History if you haven't pouring been going, off the yeah. walls. So you can sit and eat a steak there and it just makes it better. But right. then we went to... Um, Joe Shanghai, which recently moved from their like original location. And it's in this like really sterile, well-lit space that they just built and it loses all the history. So yes, we love a good vibe, but I think at the end of the day, the restaurant that's going to accelerate and be like our top 10 or um, on the top of what we've eaten, it needs to have that food element with the vibe, of course. Mm -hmm. So if I go to like a beautiful restaurant on the beach, you know, in the Caribbean and it's, 
the food's just like, man, like, yes, it's going to be a great vibe, but we would probably share what we felt about the food. I think a perfect example is like our, our loyal, loyal followers will know that my favorite, favorite, favorite restaurant in New York city is really good. But the thing I love most about it is that I feel like I'm eating in like a warm, cozy home of someone's like getting a home cooked meal, which is what does it for me. I love, I love a good meal next to like a fireplace or like open brick and, and natural wood. Like to me, that feels, it just makes the meal so much better when there's a a really great ambiance. Okay. But also if we went to like a takeout window, like sushi 35 West, that literally you can't eat it and you get the best sushi ever. We're going to be like, this is so good. So it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Harry's hamburger sand. That's in Connecticut. Yeah, but it's still. I haven't been there. Well, I guess we have to take a Connecticut trip. That's like, I like that. Yeah. We'll We'll take you guys around. Also speaking of like ambiance and vibes at a restaurant, I feel like since we are dating podcasts, like I'm always thinking, okay, giving ideas for like date night spots and things like that, because I think that's the most important part when planning a date. Um, more so than the food. Cause I feel like most of the time it's right. just drinks anyway. Do you have any good date night spots in the city that you can give people? Mm. And since you live in the West village, give us some down there. Okay. Well, I can give a Brooklyn one, Okay, but in, in Williamsburg, laser wolf just opened. And if you can't get a dinner res the bar, it's like on this wraparound rooftop in Brooklyn, you can see the whole New York, Scott, Manhattan skyline. It's stunning. And I would highly recommend that for a drink. I think the West village has so many little like hidden gems that you can walk into. There's wine bars. There's places like little branch that I know Sarah likes. That's I love little like branch. Kind of like a hidden cocktail speakeasy. Um, I think like one of my favorite places and first date is hard. Cause like, do you want to get food or not? But Malatessa that's on Christopher street is this Italian spot. Honestly, it's probably like for me, like in my top five Italian and like the West Village Italian food is amazing. I've been to Mount on a date before. It's a it's, good date spot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of like just feels like you're you came from Italy. Um, they have this pink sauce ravioli. I love you just drink wine. It's super affordable and it just like is cozy. Like for for us, I think like having a little bit of food on a first date, like is always necessary. There always needs to be food. So How do you guys feel about food on a first date? I think if you're going to spend the time and sit there with someone, like you might as well have a meal. I never feel like drinks are actually shorter. Like you're maybe saving 20 minutes. I feel like no matter what, you have to spend like an hour and a half with the person or so. So I think that like food would be nice. Otherwise I'm like stressing about whether I'm eating before or after. Um, Because especially when some like guys like 7.30 drinks, I'm like, so then when am I eating? Like I get so like, well, you get anxious over yeah. that. Yeah. Like There's I like people too. Yeah. Yeah. If they said like 6.30 or 8.30 or whatever, I would know, okay, it's just for drinks. But then when they're like, okay, see you at 7.30, I don't know I whether- it's worth getting dressed at 6.30 to go meet somebody for a drink. It's a waste of an evening. If they can't, you know, after work, if they can't have a light bite, it doesn't have to be a big meal, but a light bite, something with a drink, I think is really the right way to go. But a lot of them, you know, it seems that a lot of them get nervous. I think the guys get nervous and the gr- I think the guys are more nervous than the women. I think so too. Yeah. I, especially listening to your dates, they get very stressed. <laughs> Carly, with your girlfriend, what was the first date? So we technically met at a concert. Um, and she was like, 
we, we both, we were, we met on hinge, but we were chatting and we both happened to be going to this concert. So technically she was like, I'll get you a drink at the bar. And we were at this concert venue that actually Madison and Sarah were both there for. We were both there. We're like, and so were like my roommates. There was like a lot of people. I had a bunch of friends there. And so we got a drink, but it was like 15 minutes before the opener came on and we were like, okay, bye. And then we were like, we'll chat. So we both ended up at the after party of the concert. And I don't know if you want to call that a first date. So our real sit down date was we went to blue quarter, which is, um, the speakeasy behind local 92 in the East village. And we just did drinks and I didn't eat. (laughs) I had a lot of drinks. So, um, so yeah, the alcohol was flowing. Hmm. And Madison, you're engaged. Yes. With your fiance, do you remember if, what was your first date? Um, our first date was actually at the Chelsea Reigns Law Room. So we I went dates there a lot. <laughs> it's the go-to Chelsea. It is. Spot. Yeah. But their one that they have uptown is not the go-to date spot just because it's in Midtown. It's it's oh, weird. It, there was one. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's very sexy vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um that was the first date. Then we ended up going to the Tipler, which actually we live nearby. It's underneath Chelsea Market. It's a really good spot, which I forgot to mention. Um, I like going there too. It's like super cozy, but you lose like all service. Um, so, but you can also like have Chelsea Market, get some tacos, go down there, which is really nice. Yeah. Oh wait, I think I've been there actually now that I'm- It's fun. It's also good for big groups too, if you don't have a date. <laughs> um, Sarah, how do you feel about cooking dates? cooking dates yeah like cook with the person not not first date obviously but so I don't want to be someone's mother so I don't want to cook until they cook for me first huh oh that's interesting what if they cook for you oh they can cook for me all they want yeah (laughs) wait I kind of agree with that I don't (laughs) think I've ever been the first one to cook Cause I just would well, get that into the cooking. Yeah. Maybe that's why. And the guys, some men are very into it. I want so. them to like me. So I don't cook for them. <laughs> You're not so bad. Come no, on. I know. It's, it's a joke. I do. I do like a cooking date. I just feel like I'm controlling in the kitchen. So I will end up cooking everything, cleaning everything. Like if the dishwasher is not loaded the way I want it to be loaded, then I'm just going to do it. And that doesn't feel like a date to me. feels like me working. So mm-hmm. I'm not. I'd rather be taken out to dinner. Makes sense. Kim, I did see your pasta with shrimp video. So uh, maybe Madison should sit down with you before your next cooking date. I know. I haven't cooked since then. I cooked one time since then. And the guy didn't need it. Because he didn't like fish. Yeah, but that was was the message. You didn't ask for allergies first? He didn't like fish. (laughs) No, that's I've seen him eat fish. No second date. Julia, at college, do you guys go out to dinner? Yeah. Because when I was there, that didn't happen. Like if you were dating. Well, we have like we use Ubers a lot and he has his brother's car. So we we always go to Possibilities, which is this really good Italian restaurant off campus. Right. Because most people in college, or at least in my experience and tell me if I'm wrong, Julia, but like you're meeting at like a frat party or like whatever. Like it's not like you meet someone in class and they're like, do you want to go to dinner with me? And this Mm -hmm. is like that's more I feel like after college. Yeah, totally. and. Actually, we started dating parents weekend about Syracuse. So like I would be like at a bar with my parents and my boyfriend and my dad, like 
the way they met was him buying him a shot. Did your love of food come at all from your parents? No. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, parents. No. Well, actually, we will tell you we love our mom to death, but she doesn't like onions and garlic. So or like butter or oil or no. like anything yeah. too much. Like, yeah. So when she would cook, it would be like a simple thing. So in high school and like a little before I would like sit and watch diners, drive-ins and dives and just marathon like food network all day. And then I would start making that food and I'd be like, mom, don't come in the kitchen. I'm just going to cook. I would go to the grocery store alone, cook for like whoever wants to come over, we'll cook. So we started doing a lot of that. And then we started trying to like find restaurants we had seen online or like on diner drive-ins and dives. And we would go to those and start seeking them out. So I now feel like I, dad, I feel like our dad though has an appreciation for food, but it's not like, like I can remember him like making those fun burgers on an English muffin. Do you know what I'm talking about? With like the cranberry sauce. So- I made that. No, I remember him making them. <laughs> He's not remembering clearly. This is what happens. He makes you- chicken wings really well. Okay. All right. So that's his specialty. That like, what can good. I say that's nice about my parents <laughs> cooking? What I will say our parents, I they taught us to, you know, if you want something, order it. And if you're interested in trying it, try it. I feel like we're all really open-minded. Um, we've never really been picky eaters. I remember like growing up with friends who would only eat like chicken fingers and French fries. And I think that's one thing I'm grateful that our parents taught us like try a new food. I remember, um, back in the day when Carly was touring colleges, we used it as an excuse to, she was touring two lanes. So we were like, we're just going to do a family trip to new Orleans. And I remember trying like alligator and rabbit and like all these like crazy best restaurants in the United States. So good. I don't know if you guys had a relationship with your grandparents, but if so, what did they cook? Did they ever cook (laughs) for you? Or do you remember like having meals? So we have a lot of recipes that like our grandma has passed down. Her carrot souffle is served at every Jewish holiday, every Thanksgiving. I also remember growing up and always going over to my grandma's and asking her to make me baked apples. And she would make these amazing baked apples, which I feel like is probably the easiest thing to do. Um, it's, a, it's a treat that is never eaten anymore. Yeah. Well, let's, bring delicacy. It, let's bring them back. Baked apples. Yep. And it's the healthiest thing. Yeah. Mom makes it always. Oh, she does. Okay. Or she did growing up. Yeah. Did they ever give you your grandma ever give you relationship advice? I don't think we ever got specific dating advice, but I think they always just were like wanting to see us all happy. And I know they definitely would love to attend a wedding anytime soon. So Madison's the check, the check in the box for them. Yeah. She's you're you're the favorite now. (laughs) No, I think it might still be Sarah, but (laughs) who's counting? I don't know. They definitely want to see me get married. So Okay. Well, that's everybody's dream. You know, it, it's funny. I, we discuss this all the time. It's not, it, it's, it's every family wants the, the next generation to be happy and to have their children or whatever it is to, so they can enjoy it. <laughs> uh, they, they stress so raising their own children. They, you don't get stressed when you have grandchildren or great grandchildren. They just <laughs> love it. 
So I understand where they're coming from. Yeah, I feel like every generation puts mm -hmm. stress on their not children. Stress, they just they just looking We're, forward to it. It's not stress. No, not stress from you, but well, like stress pressure. On you? Yeah, stress oh, on really? the younger, like the yeah, children. Well, they want the they want to see you to get married. That's all they want. Everything. And then you're like, I want to make them happy. Well, I don't see anybody running out to get married because their grandma wants them to. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I want to end playing a game with you guys. It might be hard with all of us, but we'll yeah. try. Um, called Grandma Gail's Old Fashioned Dating Quiz that we play with all of our guests. We'll basically go through some scenarios and deem whether you're more of a traditional dater or more of a modern dater. How are you going to do this? This is going to be a, this is going to be challenging. Um, or we'll go in age order. Right. All right. Got it. Okay. First one is: Would you rather receive a call or a text from the person you are dating if it's just to say hi? call Sarah Sarah would rather receive a call <laughs> Madison I think I'll text because then it can be like a whole conversation okay so I got, I'm, I'm trying so to can a call Carly would say text also Julia call it shows that they care yeah. okay half and half uh-oh dating apps or setups uh Sarah setups Madison setup if possible. Carly, I, I think I have to say dating app because I met Shelby through one. <laughs> Julia set up. Okay. And That's interesting. would you move in together before getting engaged or wait until you are engaged to move in together? Sarah, yes, before getting engaged. Madison, yes, because I'm was living with my now fiance before being engaged. Okay. Harley, same thing. We live together and we are not engaged. Julia, before engaged. Go, you have to. Before getting engaged. Yes. yes. So, okay. so okay. everyone. So, yeah. all right. So okay, one more. I can't keep track of this. <laughs> all right. It's very hard. So we all agree on that one. For all traditional daters, except for the last one where they're modern daters which was interesting. The majority yes. was on yes. the traditional side. But this one was the modern side. All I, right. So yeah. we have two traditional, one modern. Do the last question. Okay, last be the one deciding is, one. The last one is who should pay for the date? Should you split or alternate or should it be like one person in the couple all the time? Sarah, if you're asking me on a date, you're paying for the date. Madison. Yeah, I would have to agree. Like really early on, I think the guy or girl should be paying but I think once you are in like a real like formal relationship, like you can figure it out. We never like split a bill, but we'll usually like sometimes like if I get the groceries, you know, he'll take me out to a nice dinner. So we like to balance it take out. Take turns, but he's always like the nice meals usually he's paying for. It's so nice. All you have to do is get him groceries and he pays for your dinner. I do more than that. No, you sh I agree. Like pay for coffees and Ubers and yeah. the smaller things and you get treated to dinners and the bigger things. Yes. So Carly, this is a hard one for me to answer because with two girls, it's kind of, it can go either way. Um, I guess with the logic of if you're asking me on a date, then I can expect you to pay. But also, I mean, with two girls, it just, there's no role here. There's no traditional male woman. So it's like, I think- I think splitting is okay. Uh, 
Yeah, but that also depends on the finances. Some sometimes one of the partners has more money than the other partner. So right. in the case of, a, of the same sex, whoever has more money should take his wallet right. out or her wallet out and, um, and pay yeah. for the uh, pay for the evening. I'm curious, Carly. Like before you came out, was that something that you were like stressed? Like how is this going to work, or like it just kind of like naturally? No, I wasn't really stressed. I think it just happened naturally, That's and right. I and I think my girlfriend did pay for the first few dates. <laughs> Okay. Julia, I agree with Sarah and Carly. It it depends how the date was like formed. Like if it was like a mutual, like, yes, we should go on this date and maybe it'll be split. But if it was like the guy's idea or the girl's idea, like that person should pay the bill. Okay. So you're basically very traditional daters, guys. <laughs> there was only one okay. that was very modern. So you're you're on in my camp not in Kimberly's. Well, that's how our mom is. I think she, she raised us to be like that. So I think it comes from her yeah. the way, the way she is. Good. Good. Guys, so nice. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, whoever wants to take this, but how can our listeners follow you and check out all your videos? We're sister snacking on everything. Sister snacking. One S in the middle. Yeah. One S in the middle. So not plural sisters. Um, yeah, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, follow along. Amazing. Sarah, Madison, Carly, and Julia, thank you again for joining us. Hope you guys liked the interview with the Shapiro sisters of Sisters Snacking. Uh, we had a lot of fun, and you guys know how to follow us on TikTok and on Instagram. Excuse my grandma. Send us a message and tell us if you want specific guests on, if you want us to make a video about something. We'll do it.